0: Welcome back to the Longest Battle podcast. This week I'm meeting Mariam Dabo. Mariam Dabo is a Hollywood actress. She starred alongside Timothy Dalton in The Living Daylights as a Bond girl. Amazing. Even more amazingly, Mariam underwent major surgery 10 years ago when she suffered a brain aneurysm. She is a true survivor and she's here to tell us her story. Thanks for coming along to the Longest Battle podcast. Thank you so much.
1: Pleasure, pleasure.
0: Um, So where did you grow up?
1: Okay, so I was born in London Uh uh, and I grew up in, uh, I was there until I was five. Then we had to move to Paris because my father got ill um, when my mother was pregnant with me. Uh, he caught meningitis in uh, Poland on one of his business trips, uh, and he uh, nearly died and was disabled for the rest of his life. So um, my mother had to work, and she was offered a job at UNICEF. So uh, when I was five years old, we left London, um, mm. and uh, we moved to Paris, where uh, I was... a uh, partly there at school. And then when I was 13, so in 1973, so 1960, I was born in London. 1965, mm-hmm. we moved to Paris. In 1973, we moved to Geneva when the UNICEF headquarters moved to Geneva. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then I was brought up in Geneva and I finished my French schooling there and did like equivalent to A-levels, baccalaureate. And, um, and my father, who was disabled, um, was uh, living with his mother until we had to put him in a home. Yeah. Um, because he was disabled for the rest of his life. So so my mother never divorced and, uh, and she just brought me up as a single mum mm. uh, and she had this career and uh, put me into boarding school on and off and, and there we are. So I, I kind of, my education was more French than English. I, I was sent okay. one year to boarding school when I was 14 uh-huh. in Sussex, in, uh, in Lewis, in a school called South River Manor School. But... Um, um, just to do, I did a couple of O levels, and then I went back to Geneva and I did my my baccalaureate. But, but basically, uh, my education was French. So, okay, that's...
0: interesting background, definitely.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. our English background on my father's side, and then my mother was a, is a Georgian uh, from Georgia, from uh, Tbilisi, um, and she immigrated with. Uh, my uh, grandparents, her parents, um, yeah, right. when uh, the Red Army and the, the Bolsheviks came in and took over Georgia. And it was then part of the Soviet Union. Yeah. So he, they escaped oh, wow. uh, and arrived as political asylums in Paris in 1920. So basically, yeah. So, But, but I'm, I mean, uh, so I'm not completely English to yeah. answer your, you know, I'm, I'm mixed. But I've got a British passport. Uh-huh. And then I came back to England in uh, 1970. Nine. Okay. Um,
0: and have you always wanted to be an actress? Is that something?
1: Um, I kind of, know, it kind of grew, but yes. I mean, I was in an amateur theatre company when I was in Geneva, and I was having a lot of fun doing, doing plays, and uh, and then. Um, but my mother was not that keen, um, and so I went to art school in London. I went to London College of Printing, and then I gave up, thinking it was way too, too intense, and I was not talented enough. Um, to make a living as an artist, and uh, and so I went to drama school uh, in the end, and then I left, and then I got got work on 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 you know uh, straight away, and I just studied and learned in between all my work,
0: hmm. and then
1: my work took me from England to America, yeah, where I did a TV series after doing a James Bond film, and. Uh, you know, and so I lived there for about ten years amazing
0: yeah so so tell me about your career just tell, tell me how where did you, you see where did you first get your first um part
1: so um well I was uh, in England it was a sort of sci-fi movie uh, <laughs> but it was uh, um, and I you had to get your um, you had to do as many weeks as possible to get your equity card mm-hmm. um, and then I was involved in a mini series in uh, in Dubrovnik uh, on uh, King Arthur and the round table um and uh that was accumulating more weeks and I was playing a court lady in this and and then um um I started doing really you know mini series and uh, a lot of mini series in the in the uh, 80s American tv mini series that we were shooting at Pinewood okay adapted from different novels um uh, and uh, I'm blanking now on the names, but one was a Jeffrey Archer uh, novel okay. that we did for the BBC. Not a penny more, not a penny less, and <laughs> uh, um, you know, and uh, so there's all these TV mini series um, uh, that I was doing, and then um, I was because I was bilingual, I, I worked in France in um, the theatre over there. and The first play I did was. Um, with a a great actor in France called Jacques Weber and uh, I played uh, Varinia in in Spartacus which was adapted to the stage and then after that I played Roxanne in Cyrano de Bergerac uh, in Toulouse so I was like working in France um, which was great and then I was doing a bit of television in France uh, and then in England, sort of a bit of television. And then I landed the Bond movie in 1986. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so how uh, did
0: you get that part? It, so
1: yeah, uh, amazing. in uh, February of 1986, I think they they were going to make the movie uh, very, very soon after, well, in the autumn. And um, they it was to cast a new James Bond. And uh, they asked my agent if I would be... Uh, okay about just spending a day um at Pinewood shooting a scene from Russia with Love with a contender actor for to play James Bond and uh uh it was not for me for my role but however Covey Broccoli who was the producer of the films then um said uh he will, you know See your work, and then you never know in the next few years you might you know end up a, a role in a Bond movie anyway, so I did that day uh of a screen test for this actor who didn't get the part of Bond, yeah, but who doesn't really need it because he's an amazing actor and and very big in France, and he's bilingual like me uh lambert wilson, and he he doesn't mind if I say it uh now because it's quite a funny story <laughs> um and I got the part. Um, but I, I had no idea that I didn't get the part from the screen test, but they like, and Broccoli liked uh, what he saw in the screen test, but, you know, just thought I was too young and not right for this particular part yeah. in The Living Daylights, which was playing a Czechoslovakian cellist. I went off to G- Germany to do a movie um, from a Nabokov novel, Laughter in the Dark. We shot for a month uh, with Maximilian Schale, Sandy Dennis, Ed Herman, all these actors. And then the film collapsed after a month's shooting. But I had my hair cut short. I lost a lot of weight. So I looked more, more, less girly and more womanly and more Mm. kind of chisel face, more Eastern European. Yeah. So, and uh, completely by uh, accident, when the film collapsed, came back to London and I bumped into Barbara Broccoli, Cabby Broccoli's daughter, and she saw me and mm. she barely recognised me and thought, my God, you know, I'd changed so much. So they brought me back, at, they brought me at Pinewood to meet John Glenn, the director, and Cabby Broccoli again, the, the you know, um, Barbara's father, who was, you know, producing the Bond movies at the time. And at the same time, the film that I'd done in Germany um, the first-time director Laszlo Papas, had put together, edited what we'd done in a month into a 20-minute film to try and get m- more finance uh, yeah. from studios in America, and he went to UIP, which is now MGM, mm-hmm. uh, who uh, are the uh, are the studios for for James Bond, and they saw me in that film and they said you know when because they hadn't found their actress to play this eastern european character Karamilovi, who was a cellist and they said you know there's this girl in this film that we saw and it was at the same time as barbara bumped into me uh, in in london um and it all sort of coincided and then uh, i had just went in for a meeting to meet them at pinewood but didn't think anything of it because I knew that you know half of London girls of my age were going up for it yeah and then the next thing I knew my agent called me up to say guess what you got the role so
0: fate so fate
1: Fate. yes if one believes in fate and that was in I got the role I think it was in August 1986 but when I when I oh yes no when I got the role it must have been in July 1986 or I Mm. can't remember Um, I was cast to play with Pierce Brosnan uh huh so um, and he got so much publicity from his uh, TV series that he was doing that his series got picked up again for another season.
0: Right. Okay. So he was
1: stuck in a contract yeah. and could not do uh, the 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 Bond. So then they approached Timothy Dalton. So so I remember meeting Timothy. Um, I think uh-huh. it was the end of August, beginning of September. We 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 all had dinner together with the producers and met. So contracts
0: and timing. Yeah, and
1: all of that. And so there we are. So uh, and we started shooting. Yeah, I think in September we started in Vienna, filming in Vienna. Uh, for mm-hmm. two weeks, and then we went off to Morocco and shot there for many weeks. Oh,
0: cool! Yeah, and then, we
1: came, we, then we came back and we went to Pinewood, and then we were shooting in the Austrian mountains and Weissensee. And then we came I'll back
0: have to re it now, that's what I'm gonna have to do. Yeah, yeah.
1: it's uh, it, I can well,
0: picture it <laughs> yeah. up a mountain,
1: <laughs> yeah, down a cliff,
0: yeah, going down, on, <laughs>
1: sliding on a cello case, yeah, but it's um. It's quite funny now it's because it's, 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 it is, uh, it's, it's sweet but it's so dated, yeah. so especially politically. It's completely incorrect today. <laughs> um, but anyway.
0: You, did you go with, is it Jessica? Did you end up doing anything with um, Murder, She Wrote or not? That's what Sam, my flatmate, said.
1: Oh, Murder She Wrote. I did one episode. Uh, yeah, okay. with Angela Lansbury. Amazing.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I did one. One. Uh, is that in America?
1: Do you? Yeah, that was in America. When I lived in America, when I was doing this TV series, and then after I got, yeah, I got an, uh, uh, um, um, a part. I think she was a. I can't even remember her name. I mean, this is where my memory is is terrible for details uh, yeah. and information that I can't store in my in my in my my brain. But. Um, I can't remember her role, you say she was called Jessica, but she was a villainess okay. and she was a, uh, yeah, she was a bad girl. Yeah. Um, and it was in one episode of Murder, She Wrote, and, and the few scenes I had with Angeline Lansbury, she was divine. I mean, she oh. was an extraordinary. Yeah. woman.
0: Amazing. Has acting definitely taken you around the world? You're yes, it, Yeah.
1: It's, uh, it's, um, it has, of course it has. Hmm. I, mean, I, I did um, another mini-series which took me into Hong Kong. and um, Have you enjoyed it? Uh, and, uh zimbabwe yeah i i love traveling i'm i'm a yeah. traveler um, um the publicity on the on the bond film took me around the world right. in australia in perth melbourne sydney then uh, uh in in tokyo um you know in europe in some places i've never mm. been to in amsterdam in 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 lisbon portugal uh and then in america we did the states we did washington dc la um and um Yes, I've done uh, uh I I've done many jobs in the eighties where it took me around the world. Yeah. More so than the nineties it started getting more focused in either filming in LA mm. or doing um uh a film in, in 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 London that I did called Leon the Pig Farmer okay. which was a comedy, um which was um uh uh, anyway, it was a it was a comedy that became a kind of a little culty film. Yeah.
0: Um, okay, that sounds interesting. So, what actually happened? When did you have your aneurysm? So I had so my
1: aneurysm in. Uh, um, hang on. Uh, I had my aneurysm. We're in two thousand and eighteen now. I had it in 2007, I think.
0: I can't work that out. So I think I had hands. it yeah. Is it I think 10 it was years on the... ago? Is it about 10 years ago?
1: Yeah, it's nearly 11 years. 11. Oh no, oh, yeah. Um I had it uh, in LA. I'd been suffering uh, headaches um for a whole year um prior to the, the 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 hemorrhage and um nobody thought in England my my GP didn't think of me mm. having a uh, a scan or anything like that you know I I didn't know anything about the brain I just thought it had to do with my I was 47 years old yes yes it was in 2007 because I was 47 Mm. and I thought it's just my body's changing uh and I'm just getting these migraines and all of that but they were really quite intense every time I was flying on a plane I'd get really bad migraines Mm. um and also also um uh, I was a heavy smoker okay for for a long 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 time and um that does not help um And, um, anyway, so it was, we went for the Christmas holidays, my husband and I, uh, to Mexico to stay with friends, and I I I had continuous headaches coming off the plane, and then we were in Mexico, and it felt like Mm. I had this terrible sinusitis during the whole holiday. I did not look well. I was all the time in bed. Then we came back to L.A., um, all this to say I was extremely lucky not to have an aneurysm burst on the plane, because I probably wouldn't have survived, and, um... Landing in LA in, in um, January, um, I remember um, it was raining that day, and I, I I just woke up like with a terrible hangover, and, not, and I hadn't drank or anything, and mm. it was just headaches continuing. And I I uh, usually went hiking in up in the canyons, and uh, we were staying with some friends for two weeks on our way back to Europe, and. Um, I decided that I wouldn't go hiking in the canyons because it was raining that day. Thank God I didn't. Yeah. Because I would have had the hemorrhage um up on top of a canyon and oh. nobody would have, you know, been there. So, uh I I went on the stairmaster um at the gym and uh of these friends of mine who had a a machine in their in their house up in the canyons and I had the uh rupture at that moment. Nobody was around uh, the, the maid was hoovering on the first floor, so she couldn't you know had no idea mm. so and I went unconscious for a short while, and I was back and it was like having shotguns in the head very very uh, absolutely terrifying experience and and, 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 and painful wow. and um, and but nobody had any inkling that I had a hemorrhage right. because you, as you say it 's hidden you don't see from the outside. Yeah. And um, and you act like
0: you know it's just normal. I guess that's the same. So well, normal. I didn't
1: look very normal, but I was brought to bed by um, my girlfriend's husband, who was an actor and was off for an audition. And he said, "Are you sure you're okay?" And I said, "Yeah, yeah, I just need to l- lie down." Yeah. And he came after the attack. And then I was vomiting everywhere for three days and oh I lost God. about eight kilos in three days, all my liquids. Because, you see, I had the hemorrhage and and so it creates uh, nausea and all of that and you just vomit. I had projectile vomit everywhere. It was, I have to say it was a, the worst three days of my life. And I was oh. taken to a, a hos to see a, a normal a, a GP the next morning. My husband took me and mm. he'd been out in meetings all day. So he had no idea and I was just like... Oh, half like this in bed. Mm. And um and so he thought it was a virus, and they all thought I had encephalitis or meningitis right. or something like that. And um but I couldn't stand the noise, I couldn't stand light and all of that. Anyway, mm. cut a long story short, my husband had to go back to London and um he very reluctantly, and he did go, and I couldn't stand any noise, shuffling of sheets or mm. anything. I was just like but on day three uh, I got worse and worse and worse and worse and the young doctor who had seen me started getting a bit worried. Mm. So um, this friend of mine organized uh, for to drive me to uh, to, uh emergency at Cedars uh, Hospital. Mm. Um, and I didn't have insurance on me. So I was waiting for two hours in hospital because you can't get in without insurance. Oh, but because right. then the doctor kept calling and saying, you have to see, I think it's quite serious. And then I was put on an IV drop and I was put into tubes all night. And then the last thing I had at four in the morning was a lumbar puncture. Oh, I
0: had uh, to do
1: them. Yeah, a the lumbar puncture. It's, yeah, it's pretty, ugh. Pretty horrific. Yeah,
0: yeah, That's pretty one horrific. That's thing I can remember, just awful. <laughs> just like, and ugh. it's pretty
1: awful. And I'm, I had a great nurse mm. um, who was holding me, you know, because it was just so awful. Mm. And, uh, and I remember the, the doctor... Um, he was English, actually, who was supervising me for the night, that night of you know, intensive care and doing all, all, mm. of, um, all of the tubes and lumbar puncture. And I heard him say, it's positive. I don't know what it meant. And I was starting to shut down. My head, my brain was starting to shut down because yeah. the, the, actually the blood was seeping into the brain. Wow. So, which was the best part, as far as I'm concerned, because the pain was so bad. And even though they put you on morphine, but it's not enough morphine, mm. the pain was so excruciating in the head that the shutting down of the head for me was brilliant. It was like completely, you know, going in spaceland, yeah. wonderland, but was when it became very dangerous and um and so when it said positive it meant that they found blood in the spine so they knew that I'd had a hemorrhage in the head oh. so then they had to bring uh, uh, a neurosurgeon into hospital because there was no neurosurgeons available at that moment in time so they brought Dr. Michel Levesque uh, the surgeon who uh, Operated an uh, emergency, mm. and he did a good job. I was very lucky um, for two reasons. One, you can have an aneurysm that's very badly located in your in your head; mm. it's very difficult to access. My aneurysm was very easy to access because it was just here on the left side on the subarachnoids. Right. Nice. So, um, but I bled a lot. I had bled a lot when I'd had the uh, rupture three mm. days, you know, on the, uh, before on the master uh on the what do you call it stairmaster so cut a long story short the operation was a success and was easy to do except that I bled a lot and they weren't sure how I was going to respond after you, I spent eight days in hospital after uh and then I they were scared that I was going to get stroke a yeah. stroke so you're on mm. so many medications mm. which I was on for four months
0: four months wow Okay. Yeah, four months mm-hmm. of
1: medication. I could not. I had no. First of all, I I had to learn how to walk again because I could barely walk. I was going to ask yeah.
0: you that because that's what yeah. I had to relearn everything yeah. again. So yeah. She, yeah, yeah, so yeah. Tell me, did you have to start from scratch again? Well, I think
1: it was not. I was it was out of because um, uh, I didn't have any paralysis or anything because I had it mm. on, on the left side of my brain, the aneurysm, and it's more the, the right side of your brain where you get, uh, you know, the motor the um the the paralysis yeah. but but I was so weak, and i'd lost by then ten kilos mm. that I could not stand up because I would be dizzy and fall on the floor wow. um, so I had to learn. To get to strengthen and to learn how to walk, mm. which I did very fast compared to other people, because I did it all in four months, yeah. uh, which I know other 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 brain injured you know it takes them years and years, so I was extremely lucky because it was mm-hmm. only four months, but those four months were quite scary
0: mm.
1: because the headaches continued, were terrible, mm. and I kept thinking I was going to have another uh, aneurysm uh, rupture. Mm. I had blood on my pillow every night. Nobody could figure out what it was. So, yeah, it was That's quite scary. scary, and you don't know, and then yeah. I could have a stroke, and this and that. So I was monitored uh, for four months. Um, and um, I was extremely lucky because I made it. You know, mm. I made it. And then, and then I was brought back to England uh, uh, in the fifth month, because mm. uh, mm. I couldn't travel or do anything for for the first four and a half months i had to stay put in 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 la and we travel back and my god the headaches were terrible traveling on a plane and then we took the boat to southampton to avoid too much hours on a plane and it it was it was and then back in london was a bit of a shocker because um then there was nobody to take care of you there you know there's no continuity Mm. uh post uh aneurysm and I was not disabled enough to be taken care by the NHS or you know yeah. so I had, was really much on my own but I had my husband but I couldn't uh, cope with, uh, with, um, with uh, the traffic, the noise I had terrible headaches mm-hmm. I couldn't cope with the speed of a city Yeah. Uh, I found it very hard to monitor and how to cross a street and mm-hmm. think is that car going to like run me over or not and I'm talking about a pedestrian crossing you know everything okay. just like Everything that you take for granted yeah. is just doesn't I had
0: to relearn how to cross a road as cross well. It's <laughs> just yeah. like, wow, how how are we supposed to
1: Yeah. It's a, isn't it? It's yeah. just quite... Yeah. And the
0: noise. Noise the is just noise really... Is... It really affects me yeah. all the time. The sound of the tumble dryer, things like that, yeah. just absolutely stresses me out. Oh, poor <laughs> but, you. But yeah. No, yeah. no, no, <laughs> no I right. still get
1: very stressed out by sharp noises now. Yeah. Um, and too much noise if there's a room and like an office party or something and there's a lot of, you know, I, I have to get out. Mm. But on the whole, I, I'm, I'm I'm lucky compared to to, to you, I guess, because uh, I, I function okay. I mean, I, I do get it, bigger anxieties, but I've, you know. Yeah. Anxiety
0: is a weird. I really struggle with anxiety as well yeah. because of this brain injury. But you've
1: only had it, what, four years ago? Yeah. So wait, time yeah. will it oh, It's five
0: in. years coming up to five, five years.
1: So wait, because it, every year will get better. Mm, and yeah. you're younger.
0: Yeah. How old are you? I've just turned 40, actually. Okay, so you're younger.
1: Because I had it at 47. And the older you, you have a brain injury, uh, mm-hmm. the, the harder it is to, to to recover. Yeah. So you've got your youth and you've got time ahead of you, mm. which you will get better and stronger and mm. more confident.
0: Yeah, it is gaining your confidence It is. Back. It
1: is about getting your confidence back. That's the
0: thing. Isn't very,
1: it? very much and so. And then if
0: you can then trust your brain to work. Yeah. That's the thing, because I don't yeah. know whether I trust my brain. To actually, I know, react I know. I right mean, place. in the
1: right place, and I know I have a I lost complete confidence in my memory because yeah. my memory was just really terrible. Yeah. And, um, you know, memorizing lines, uh, yeah, that must all be of that. Really Yeah, yeah, I'm oh, so lack of confidence that I'm going to remember, you know, um, the lines because it's like a muscle is weaker in the in in, in the brain. Mm. And then, um, but the interesting thing of what you were talking about was that. When I'd had the brain operation after my, uh, my mm. rupture, what was really weird is that friends would come and visit. Uh, I was staying at a, a very, very, very kind f- friend's house mm. who, who, who let me stay there for four months. Um, when they would talk... Everything they were saying was familiar, it didn't sound like foreign, like Chinese, but I couldn't understand what they were saying. Yeah. So the brain could not process yeah. what they were saying. And then I had a stutter. Uh, yeah. When I wanted to speak, I kept stuttering. Very, very odd. Uh, and, and and then you suddenly realize how amazing a brain is because it just like processes, you know, in, in a, a million of a second what somebody else is saying, you know, um, it is from amazing, listening. isn't yeah. it?
0: But when it goes wrong, it's yeah. like, oh, wow, I, I didn't really think that these things could happen. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's
0: it's quite scary, but amazing, isn't yeah. it? That's yeah. the thing. I think we're very lucky yeah. at the same time. But, yeah. I was in uh, Vietnam when my. Brain injury happened. So, so how
1: did it happen?
0: It, so like an encephalitis kind of virus. It's a virus that attacked my brain. So yes. But- I then started losing my eyesight. So I start. I I've, can only see on one side now. So initially, I ended up losing my vision. So that was what happened. So it all kind of. So one, two, three, four months. I was in the Royal London Hospital. So that's kind of where I was based for quite a long time. And then my rehab has gone on. Well, yeah, so it's coming up for five years. So I'm still in rehabilitation now. Um, Did you have headaches? No, nothing. I literally caught, well, I travelled a lot. My job took me around the world, working as a TV producer. But then you sort of feel from that I probably could, picked up a virus I was in China for a month not that I'm blaming China but you know I caught lots I was in America I was with with Matt in America and all these sort of things so at any point I could have picked up this virus that then it kind of it became an autoimmune system failure so my immune system tried to attack itself because of all these virus and then and I was just very close to death which I, I didn't really realize that that kind of happened really
1: and when you say you were close to death because your autoimmune system was just gone
0: yeah it it uh, was fighting itself they were kind of having a battle to figure out what was the right right. thing or not so yeah I was I was very lucky I was very lucky you know like like your story as well you know like we we it feels like we are the lucky people at the end of the day really we're not Dead are we? That's the thing. And yeah, it's yeah. Like, and
1: you well, actually, it's I, a... I I don't mind being dead because I wouldn't know about it. It's all the others <laughs> yeah. will suffer. It's more the, the disabilities, and, yeah. and 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 it's very humbling when you do meet people who are disabled and continue in life. Yeah, that's yeah. the hard thing.
0: That is the hard bit. Yeah,
1: yeah. And so. and 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 it's also hard because uh, you realise that. um Families have a hard time coping with uh, mm. the new you that you are disabled. Yeah. Because it's not like you have, uh, you know, pneumonia for three months. Mm. This is like a continuous yeah. uh, disability that uh, the family has to deal with. And, and your friends. And like, your friends. I'm an only
0: child and it's, yeah. like, it's quite a hard thing to get your head around it
1: all. But you still have good friends yeah, around I you. Do, Yeah, I do, which is
0: fantastic because that's one thing that people But But that's injuries. because...
1: You can communicate.
0: Mm, I know, thankfully. Yeah,
1: and you don't have any sort of physical Mm. uh, uh, impediment like um, there's somebody in Sherry Bear's uh, uh, charity who's Mm -hmm. wonderful, who's a painter. I won't say her name. Yeah. But she... She, she, uh, what well, she's in, in in the documentary that I produced. Um, she says, "Oh, when people meet me, they think I look drunk because she has the right. she can't express herself, and she's tortured to bring it out of her her mouth, mm, you know. And she's thing, disabled yeah. when she walks, yeah, yeah. Um, and so therefore, people have a hard time uh, relating to to her, or feel embarrassed or awkward, mm, you know, and yeah. and and." and um, and I understand, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's weird. It's very, very, very weird. It's, yeah. uh, it's terrible. Now
0: has there, has there been anything long-term for you? E- or well, the headaches the left
1: after, um, after a year and a half. They got better. Yeah. Then um, it's okay. And then uh, I um, the memory is <laughs> yeah. still um, bad. I was very scared that it would happen again. Uh, and I do sad. when I have headaches. Mm. Which hasn't happened recently. I yeah. found out that in my family, on my father's side, four people, four cousins, have died of aneurysms.
0: Oh, really?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Which I had no. Oh I- my goodness! Yeah. I had no idea about because I didn't know what an aneurysm I, yeah, was. I didn't, yeah.
0: What is an aneurysm? Yeah, yeah. we've talked about. Yeah, that. yeah,
1: an aneurysm is a you know, it's a balloon full of blood that explodes, and that sort of a malformation that, that 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 grows on your on your artery.
0: So is that how it, and
1: then it and there's a mouth in, in in my father's family? I guess the arteries are all a bit kind of like jumbled up in the brain, so it's more prone to getting aneurysms. Okay. But you know, there are a lot of people that can go around with an aneurysm for all their lives, and it's like a benign aneurysm, it's not like a, a malignant aneurysm in the fact, in the sense that it doesn't grow, it stays tiny. Yeah, uh, and uh, what I had was an aneurysm that just grew,
0: right?
1: You know, uh, and definitely over a period of. Uh, a year because I I really believe that the headaches I had prior to my uh, my rupture mm. uh, were were an aneurysm. There was a leak in in my, in my head. Um,
0: but that's kind of why why that all happened. It's, a, it's it's fascinating how the body works, though. It really is. So
1: yeah, no. My um, name comes from Mariam is the name of my mother. No, of my grandmother, and it's, uh, she was Georgian, and it's uh, the Persians inv- invaded Georgia, and Mariam means Mary.
0: Okay. So and there we nice, are. There? Uh, nice.
1: And so there are a lot of, there's a lot of, <laughs> lot of um, Persian, Iranian girls who are called Mariam. It also is the name of a flower. Ah, oh. so um, very
0: nice. Okay. Um, so do you feel that you are still in recovery? Or do you think that now you're, it will be a constant recovery, or do you feel now you're...
1: No, I, th- I think it, now it just feels like it's part of me and that is not recovering. It's just age, actually. Okay. Age, you know, my memory not functioning very well. Anxiety is being heightened. I don't relate it to my um, brain hemorrhage. Brain,
0: okay, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: But there's a residue that's transformed itself into, you know, being now uh, 57. Am I 57? You see, I, I, uh, I'm going to be... Oh, yeah. Oh, am I 58? I'm going to be 58 on the 27th of December, but I was born in 1960. So yes, so I'll be 58, because we're in 2018. I'll be 58 in, on the 27th of December. So, you know, things like that I have to reprocess. Yeah. Has um, your
0: perspective changed uh, from having a somebody Well, somebody, brain... the,
1: uh, somebody um, some uh, aneurysm survivors um, put it in a beautiful way. It's like uh, layers um, of, of skin that have been stripped off of you. So, therefore, you are more uh, sensitive to other people's um Uh, sicknesses and and difficulties and struggles and you're more uh, Mm. sensitive to things around you could be, uh, you know, being anxious, but it also could be suddenly noticing the simplicity of a beautiful little bird on a tree, you know. Mm. So you're much more uh, aware of the physical world, the physicality, I feel, um, and uh, sunsets and things mm-hmm. like that and nature and yeah. um, but also much more aware of noise and, uh, yeah. and things like that I mean I, I can't sit and watch a play if there's a gunshot I have to get out I'm so anxious it's right. just, like, it just, I have to get out
2: because mm-hmm. the noise
1: just terrifies me yeah. I couldn't be in a war yeah, I'd probably die of a heart attack before, you know, if there was a bomb. Um, so um,
0: <laughs> You did a film. So tell me a little bit about your film, because you met lots of people along the way that all had brain injuries of different shapes of form. And it was amazing. I did watch your film. It was oh, the documentary, yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, Rupture, living, yeah. living With My Broken Brain. Yes, yeah. Yeah, so this film um, was done really to, to find out what had happened to me, uh, but also to connect with... Uh, a kind of a sisterhood of brain injured uh, and, um, and it, indeed doing the film while making the film and it started off, didn't have any money couldn't get any money uh, and I produced a documentary on the Bond girls having mm-hmm. been a Bond girl and um, there I couldn't seem to get the money as a producer and uh, suddenly I got uh, I called up to try and get these neurosurgeons mm. in LA for interviews and suddenly they said yes we'll do it and I thought, oh, my God, I've got to go and shoot them. You know, I mean, they, these were like top neurosurgeons. Yeah. I've got to go and shoot them. So this great friend of mine in, in L.A. who's a, a director of photography, cameraman, um, lighting cameraman, said, look, I'll do it for free for you and I'll bring my, 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 my little crew. Yeah. So it was his crew of three. Um, and uh, we started shooting. And I would, you know, uh, uh, it was amazing. And that's how the documentary was alive. And then my, 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 my husband, who was in, in London, then, you know, put some money in the film. And then somebody, other people kind of put a bit of money in the film. And then I mm. we get things for free, you know, uh, yeah. camera, uh, cameras and things like that. So everybody... Supported the film somehow because it was a good cause Um, and did it for pro bono which was amazing really Mm. amazing it was actually very very um, uh, uh, wonderful doing the film because of the support meeting lots of people yeah meeting lots of people and then the people that are in the film Mm. because obviously we had to make choices and sadly there are some that have been left on the cutting room floor Mm. who had very strong stories but it got too repetitive and I had to try and make a story with an arc
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Within well, you know, that's TV. <laughs> so
1: yeah, I know. So um, and uh, and so yes, I I uh, I learned so much from other people's extraordinary stories of survival, and a lot of them are are artistic. Are, are you know in the creative industry? a mm. so one is a is a writer journalist. Um, uh, another one is a uh, a music producer, another one is a, a guitarist, you know. There were all sorts of... And then regular, you know, uh, people who were not mm. in creative industry. So everybody had their own story and their own perspective of what had happened to them. Mm. And everybody had, um, you know, the recovery is one of the hardest. Yeah. And then Dr. Sherry Bear, who I met... Mm.
0: Um, I'm back to talk about Sherry actually now. Okay, so, so Doctor. How I'm did you get in touch with Sherry? What What's the story with with <gasps> Sherry?
1: Somebody introduced us, mm. and um, I went to her meetings. Yeah, uh, that she had with her, her, her brain injured, uh, who and uh, yeah, who I created it. You go that. Yeah, I did. And yeah. I I asked if it was okay if they would be in this documentary that mm. we were, we were doing. But it's it's awful. I can't remember how I met her. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Well, Sherry's such an inspirational lady. Oh, she's gig? extraordinary. She's
1: extraordinary, and uh, and, uh, and going
0: to the groups really helps. Yeah. it helps me to go and just meet lots of other people who've got brain injuries yeah. as well. You don't feel alone. You I don't find that it's just a a love great place. I really enjoy. It's yeah. It's really good. I really. Good, good, good. Yeah, no, no, she's she's
1: amazing. Uh, she's amazing, and she understands the whole process. She understands what they. She's good. she's extraordinary. But yeah. it really, I can't remember. I can't <laughs> That's remember. all right. Anyway. No worries. <laughs> no worries. Um, okay,
0: so are you doing an art group with Sherry? Yes, the it's the first
1: one they're doing, and because I've so I've gone back to uh, drawing uh, and stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go and meet uh, meet them, and I I don't know why she wants me to be there because <laughs> I'm not I'm an amateur I'm not a professional. Yeah. Uh, but um, I do find that uh, I go to um, classes at Heatherley's, which is uh, this wonderful school of art, uh-huh. um, College of Art, uh, and um, I go to these uh, open studio classes which of life drawing cause I love doing life drawing. Yeah. Uh, with a bit of ink, paint, and all of that, and um, um, It's exhausting Mm. because they're very fast to draw and I'm Mm. absolutely shattered. Um, The poses are are very fast. But it it, it teaches you how to, to be able to focus and I have a real problem focusing this yeah. is what's happened since my brain injury I, I actually,
0: yeah. so
1: hard to focus
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, you know reading a book very hard and.
0: I, I did my first book actually last week through the Silver Lining Charity actually you it was did my first book. it was brilliant yeah it was, I was manager obviously I I am um, it was a to what's the right word for it? So you, um, it, was a audio book.
1: An audio <laughs> it was an audio book. It was an
0: audio book. That's all I can do. But I can't. That's I can't great. read. But apart from that, it was very good. I could take it all in. That's a.
1: That's a, that's, a, that's cool. brilliant.
0: So that was good. Through inspired by the silver lining. Oh. <laughs> Um, I, I now have partial sight loss. I can't see on the right hand side. So, have you had anything that something that's happened to you, or is there anything from? from I've your... had no
1: physical disability. I'm oh, so that's lucky. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so lucky. The only thing I have is, um, um, it's um, my brain can't seem to finish thoughts often. Uh, mm. I, it's like ADT. I, I, I go from one thing to another, and I was used to be very mm. ordered, very yeah. kind of you know. Uh, And now my sort of room studio um, Mm -hmm. in our home is always a mess. I can never keep things in order. It's a complete mess. I mean, you walk in and it's just like a, I don't know, a pigsty. It's it's all over the place. I'm the same, don't worry. And and I know that's partly because of what's going on in the brain. Um, do you live more in the moment now? Yes, yes, yes. I do. Uh, the moment can be more intense. However, mm. I am still haunted by the past and, and, and the future, mm. the anxiety of the future. So I can't let go yet. I'm very, mm. very scared of letting go. Um, I do yoga and I do all sorts of things do like you that. you do I,
0: meditation? I was thinking that because that would be good for the mind. To so be I've been trying touched. to do
1: meditation and I i can't. It's really and I, hard. So hard, and I still can't. And I try. I I I, 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 I suffer from um, really bad insomnia, okay, um, because thoughts are always invading my head, and um, which a lot of normal people have through stress with their work, etc. I mean, it's, it's today's kind of a uh, thing, you know, where uh, the stress. But I just find it so hard to empty my head of thoughts and it's like there's a there's a muscle that's very weak and i've been trying to do meditation for so long yeah i almost need to be like taken by the hand to tibet you <laughs> know, yeah, know and be with the monks over there and really 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 but uh, cuz uh, it's it's just very hard so that's that that's hard. um okay. have you met anyone that has inspired you on your journey um yes well, you're one.
0: <laughs> no. Because <laughs> yeah.
1: you're doing a podcast now and you're, you know, you're fighting away and surviving. Um, yes, of course, I've met loads of people who have tired, yeah. uh, inspired me who've had brain injury. Um, oh, no. And one, um, and I can't remember his name now, and he had a, a hemorrhagic stroke. Mm. Um, damn, and he's in, he's in my documentary. Uh-huh. He's a wonderful writer, journalist. Yeah. Um, and he wrote a book, yeah. which was The Year of My Stroke. Okay. Um And it's, uh, he writes for The Observer and he, he wrote this wonderful book, the Year, the Year of My Stroke, that I read and that absolutely inspired me.
0: Okay. Um, now you have to send it to me at some point. Yes, it yes, was. yes. But <laughs> I, I can't remember
1: that. his name now.
0: Oh, okay.
1: It's, it's awful. That's it's really fine. awful. No worries. It's see, it's this it's is, these the are short... the things I can't store it's information. It's
0: short-term um, memory. Is it, or was that long-term? That's long-term.
1: Well, that's, that's yeah, time? but it's post operation Okay. So the data gets damaged from an, from from from, a, from the hemorrhage. Yeah. So from the moment the data the, the, the brain gets damaged, it's like a computer where the data is damaged. Yeah. So that's when I I, I, I I get very um you know all uh, over all over Blitty the place. But then you know, I was I was seeing this girlfriend of mine yesterday and she yeah. couldn't understand that I'd forgotten all this stuff. In, in the 80s that we used to do, I've got blanks, years of blanks, mm. and it, it 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 it's it's for some people it gets rather irritating because you know they think oh my god you're just you know you're you've forgotten this and how can you be so superficial? But it's not it's you've it's, it's really injury, because yeah. it's it's and I can't explain that because I seem completely normal. I know
0: that's the thing that's the so hidden injuries isn't it's it? It's a
1: hidden it's injury definitely. that you cannot uh, you yeah. only understand when you're with brain injured. Uh, each other, you know, but know. it's it's very very hard. It's
0: quite frustrating, isn't it? Yeah, it is. it's very frustrating. But we're. But
1: okay. I'm lucky.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay. So, what films have you got coming up? Anything exciting? Well, I did we a, a all...
1: film that actually there is a bafta screening on Monday. Hey, oh, amazing! Uh, which has taken five years to come out, um, and it's called Tigers. And it's directed by a, a, a wonderful um, director from Sarajevo called Danis Tanovich. And he uh, directed No Man's Land, okay. um, which won the Oscars in 2004 for Best Foreign Film. Uh-huh. Um, and he, he was there during the siege of Sarajevo, the war. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, it's a film, a true story, about uh, uh, um, a salesman in Pakistan mm. who um, was selling um, powdered milk um, for women uh, who were, instead of, breastfeeding. Mm. Um, and it was Nestle, uh, the company, that's selling the, the powdered milk. Mm. And um, they would mix it with uh, with water. And a lot of time, the water's contaminated. Mm. Uh, it's not only in, in Pakistan, it's also in Africa. Uh, and um, the the babies would die of dysentery because they had no antibodies. Mm. And they were mm. putting a propaganda saying the powdered milk is better than breastfeeding mm. and all that. And so it's a story about this That's man who finds that out, this Pakistan, this mm. salesman who's uh, from Pakistan, mm. and he wants to confront Nestle, and of course he can't, mm. and he has to escape to Germany. And it's it's this whole journey of this man oh, who really tried to... Um, to be ethical towards his beliefs when he found out what was happening. So that's what the film is Mm. about. And then I just was participating a very small part in this uh, film now which is an uh, apocalyptic existentialist film
2: uh-huh. about
1: it's set in 2086 which is about really the end of our civilization in a world where it's global warming and wars have destroyed the planet wow. and it's about the last 200 people who are surviving on on, on the planet who all meet in Athens um, and it's about slowly the last few months that they have the civilization and I just play actually a part that doesn't have any dialogues. So it was quite a relief <laughs> Oh, wow. But okay. I was playing a Georgian character, so I'd learned all these lines in Georgian. But anyway, ended up not having hardly having any dialogue in it. So there we are. And it's a it's a film Sounds that's interesting, called. Though. It is. It's called Last Words, and it's starring Nick Nolte. Oh, wow, okay, cool. uh, and a lot of Charlotte Rampling's a lot of actors in it. Yeah. So that was wonderful to participate in in this film, um, and then. Um, I am uh, part of this uh, Art for UK charity uh, uh, exhibition, which is starting next week. Okay. I'm presenting five of my life drawings. There are 300 artists. Uh-huh. So that motivates me a lot yeah. um, to continue progressing as, as an artist. Amazing. So, And I'm still trying to do produce a documentary on uh, Georgia, my country. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and uh, so that's a project that I've kind of put on a shelf for now, but I'm going to tick it up again
0: yeah amazing every week I I do um, a weekly gripe something that is just annoying me basically Um so every week uh, this week I'm gonna be start basically it's five years ago we talked a bit about time time is so surreal time goes so quickly it's five years ago since I had my brain injury yeah Um, but time just flies it suddenly just keeps going and all of a sudden you're like where did that time go? But then it feels like it was only yesterday when I actually got my brain in
1: Really? Still, It feels yeah. like,
0: I still quite feel yeah. that's quite... No, I don't term. have that.
1: I, I, Me now, it feels a, a, a distance. It feels like it was... In a dream. Oh,
0: uh, okay. Yeah. However, mm. I did
1: have that for four or five years of what you experienced.
0: Yeah. That, okay. Uh, so it that was does like, pass. yes, it, it passes. <laughs> it does pass, yeah. It passes. So uh, time just is one of those weird things. Yeah. I think in the world, time is just one of those weird But it's things, very, it's very it?
1: weird. It's the, the thing that that's, uh, the concept. Uh, drives, some, drives some people weird, I used to always be on time for everything. And
2: mm-hmm. sometimes
1: I can be in my room and I'm doing something and I've no idea that an hour has gone by. It feels like three <laughs> minutes have gone by. And I don't know if that's got to do with age or if that's got to do with my brain injury but I, the sense of time is so subjective, and is, mm. is, uh, I, I find it very hard To 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 notice time go by,
0: to grasp it, to grasp it. It's just
1: out of your hands in a way. It's really weird. And then it just
0: flies, and it flies. Yeah, yeah. And then it's another year gone, and I'm like, oh goodness, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. And but that's a combination also with getting older, because you know the years get faster and faster and faster as you get closer to your own mortality.
0: Okay. I'm I'm sure of that. Yeah, yeah. But it's
1: true that I find now that time is. Is so different from before I had the injury, but then I was mm. ten years younger. Yeah. You know? yeah, so now I'm closer to my own mortality. I'm, I think of death every day. Okay, I'm aware of it, and uh, I'm always aware that something could happen. And I don't. Is that
0: because of what happened to you? Do you I think,
1: think, I think it's what happened to me. Uh, was uh, definitely uh, highlighted it, mm. and I, I mm. always think that I don't know when people say, okay, we're going to do this in two years. I'm like. I might not, not be around in two years. Yeah, I don't trust life completely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I should because that's what we're all on—on on mm-hmm. kind of in our own paths. Because that's the only way you can continue forward with creating all the stuff you want to do and all the good stuff you want to do. Yeah, definitely for others or for yourself. And I find I don't trust life because I always think that oh, something's going to happen around the corner, mm. like tomorrow. You know, what do I know? What's going to happen tomorrow? You know. Yeah. So, and that is from the non-confidence from having had a the the experience of having a um surviving a, a brain injury
0: survivor definitely You're definitely yeah, survivor yeah, from it yeah, which is fantastic yeah. so.
1: But every time i go on a plane i'm always thinking of you know that i we might have a crash or this or yeah. you know, i i'm constantly uh, aware of death every day of my life
0: Okay, that's really interesting though, isn't it? You don't have that? No. Good, I don't, good for you. Yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> Even though I, yeah, I was, when I was in Vietnam and stuff, all of that, coming back on that plane was very surreal and quite yeah. harrowing because I couldn't understand what was going on. So yeah. I guess that when your mind isn't able comp- to compute what's going on, that then it makes it really, really impossible. Oh, so. But yeah, so I finished the podcast with, um, with an inspirational quote, basically, um, and it's from Albert Einstein. It's to inspire people, and this is from Einstein.
1: Learn from yesterday, live for today, hope for tomorrow.
0: See, that sounds quite nice, doesn't it? I think that's <laughs> the thing. Have you got any inspirational quotes that you live by, like a mantra um. that you um, always live by or is it just living in the
1: moment um, yeah uh, being in in, in in the now living in the moment fully yeah. which is very hard to, to completely achieve mm. there's a lovely little that's got to do with memory um, uh, for those who believe in you know a god does, yeah. um, not, does not have to be a religious god why did god create memory so you could have roses in winter <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it's nice. as simple as that. <laughs> but uh, and uh, God, I wish I could remember poems because oh, uh, I know. you know I can't remember anything. Yeah, because neither, uh, so. those you know encapsulate so much of yeah. of uh, of the beauties of life. Or you know, or what the guitarist in, in in our documentary that Hugh, my husband and I uh, did together, mm. uh, Pat Martino, he said, you know, now when I see the little bird there um, perked on a windshield or whatever it's so beautiful, I just look at it you know when it's washing itself and all of that and it's mesmerizing and um, I feel that uh, very much with animals' um, much more sensitive to mm. I find animals fascinating can watch them for for ages
0: have you always been like that or is that no
1: it's it's really really uh, developed oh, uh, wow. more and more I have always been yeah. you know had a soft spot for yeah. animals because of the beauty of animals and and um and we have a dog and I'm always amazed by this dog yeah. how how i uh, just watch it i
0: miss animals living in, oh. in hackney you don't really find i used to have back in norfolk i yeah. always had animals Yeah, but now I'm, i don't
1: <laughs> so we have to watch david attenborough's uh, documentaries because <laughs> yeah. they're they're just that's mi- mind-boggling they are. <laughs> yeah so, amazing you know, celebrating the planet with all these gorgeous animals and definitely that we're destroying now but anyway that's another story yeah
0: Thank you so much for coming along to do the Longest Battle podcast. I hope you've oh. enjoyed it and hopefully we've inspired lots of people who are listening to kind of who are going through their own journeys along the way. So thank you so much. I really appreciate
1: that. Oh, thank you Emma thank and you. Uh, um, um, never give up. is yeah. a motto, isn't it? Definitely. Never give up, always keep going. P- pushing forward. Pushing Definitely. forward. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you very much.
2: Thanks so much for listening to Emma's podcast. She's been through a hell of a lot over the past few years and listening to this makes all of her friends realise just what an inspiration she is. The Silver Lining charity has helped Emma immeasurably, enabling her to meet lots of other people with brain injuries. The charity is currently raising money for a goodwill silver lining mission to India just one project that will help those affected by brain injury to get involved in exciting and purposeful activities in the community. Activities that go a long way to invigorate, motivate and rehabilitate. The charity also helps family members and friends who are often overlooked. If you've enjoyed listening and would like to donate to The Silver Lining Brain Injury, now's your chance. Visit www.thesilverlining.org.uk Thank you.